Everything F1. Driven by fans, for the fans. And it's lights out and away we go! is still on provisional pole. This time for Stefan and Hamilton have crashed out. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Max Verstappen, for the first time ever, is champion of the world. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast. My name's James Tiller. And alongside me today from the Everything F1 team, we do have Coops. Hi, Coops. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much for asking. How's your weekend been? Had a good one? Well, yes, I watched the Grand Prix late. So I was, ah. I, I was that tired. I didn't even watch the podium. It's like, it's finished. Right, I'm away, but <laughs> I was, I, it was Father's Day, so I was up seeing the, the, the parents. Uh, mm-hmm. So I didn't actually get home until after the race finished. Managed right. to avoid anything, uh, driving up the road, it came up. And then Formula One on the radio, so I <laughs> probably get turned off. Uh, and then we got keys for a new house. So uh, I'm sitting in shots that are covered in paint because uh, we've been up decorated. So other than that, and I'm sitting now chilling with what's left of my whiskey uh, oh, and nice. chat all about the Grand Prix. So. Well, congratulations on the new house, Coops. Congratulations. Oh, so it's always, a, it's always a nice thing when you get a new home. Um, anyway, uh, who else is with us today? We've got Sophia. Hi, Sophia. How are you? I'm doing well. And you? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm great. You, how was your weekend? Did you enjoy the weekend of racing? Yeah, I mean, I like the even, a little bit later racing because it kind of gave me the mornings to kind of get some stuff done. And especially mm-hmm. with not having any kind of feeder series taking place, was watching the darts as well in between randomly for some reason. It was the 190. World... <laughs> it was like a weird, um, the world champion, but like it was by pairs. So like Australia won for the first time ever, which was quite an interesting one. But no, mm. it was overall a nice, chill weekend. Slept in, got some work done. Quite a good one. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, we've also got alongside us somebody who has been on our podcast before, but it was quite a while ago. Uh, it's George from the Grid Talk podcast. Hi, George. How are you? Very well, James. Thank you for having us back on the show. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been a very long time. So long, I can't even remember, to be honest with you. It's, it's at least a year ago. At least. Two years ago at this point. I don't even yeah. know. I mean, hey. the, the whole lockdown thing is just a blur for everybody, really. <laughs> it happened at some point in the past. I don't know when. It, it was the start of last year's season. So, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a while back. But we were happy to have you here. Um, we look forward to kind of hearing your opinions and have a little bit of chat about the Canadian Grand Prix and all the news that has broken uh, over the last week. Yes, some good and some very bad news uh, in the yeah. world of sport right now, but we'll get into that, yeah. We will get into that. But first things first, we are Everything F1. You can find us on all our social platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We also have TikTok now uh, and our website, www.everythingf1.com. You can also subscribe to us on your favorite podcast streaming service. Uh, we are Everything F1 on most podcast streaming services. We'd love you to hit the subscribe button, the follow button, whatever button it is on your 
uh, your desired service uh, we're on pretty much every one of them and if you if you could we'd love you to put a five-star review on there tell everyone how great we are uh, and of course share it with your friends to try and increase our audience too if you do give us a five-star review we'll give you a shout out uh, on the show itself uh be that on live on the show or of course on the recordings too that'd be great so let's move on to the review of the canadian grand prix now it was a well i enjoyed it i thought it was a great weekend maybe some of the racing might not have been as entertaining for some people um, but I think it was like one of those old classic races, wasn't it, Coops? So uh, let's go to you first. Uh, what was your opinions on the on the race weekend? Oh, it was a great, it was a classic, you know, cat and mouse sort of situation. Strategies were a wee bit different. A couple of VACs in there just to kind of spice things up. I think it was a safety car. Uh, yeah, Just briefly. to get things kind of, just a brief uh, safety car. But, you know, it's Canada. Canada's a great wee track. I've always enjoyed that track. Uh Maybe not kind of the epic standard of button in 2011 that you'll probably remember, uh, but mm-hmm. it was it was good. It kept your it kept your attention. It kept people going. Uh, as you say, maybe not the all out and out classic. We're not going to remember all of the race, but it was good for what it was. There were entertaining aspects, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so so fair. You you were the one one of the people that maybe didn't find it as exciting, but you know, racing's racing, and at the end of the day, you enjoy that aspect of it yeah i mean you're not gonna be all 70 laps are gonna be interesting i Mm. just felt out of the 70 probably about 45 or so weren't um (laughs) (laughs) so over half like there was really good moments and obviously with like the safety cars the virtual safety cars and then um pitch strategies and all that like there was good moments drs as well like it just wasn't it was like oh here's a big thing and then Mm quiet for two to three laps and then a big thing and then quite it was just it was eventful but boring to watch i think (laughs) (laughs) the nicest way possible that's a it's a very interesting way of uh, describing it Uh, we'll we'll go to george then george how how did you find the race are you a fan of these classic kind of you know cat and mouse type ones where there's strategy involved not necessarily exciting on track overtakes but kind of you know the the kind of chess game uh, between the teams yeah, those can be interesting for sure. I mean, the biggest thing for me was having Canada back on the calendar. It's been three years. It's one of my favourite tracks. It has potential to produce some very good races. Uh, I don't think this one was quite there, to be honest with you. Um, there was there was usually something happening on track, but I think when I think when you have uh, when you're following a DRS train um, for ninth place or whatever it was, I think Lance Stroll was dominating the screens for a while. I'm, I mean, maybe the Canadian producer had a had a hand in doing that. I don't know. But <laughs> for the most part, there wasn't a great battle for the lead. It was interesting in the last few stages, but Carlos Sainz never seemed to have the straight line speed and Max Stappen just had enough to, to win that one in the end. So it, it wasn't a bad race by any means. You know, it was it was more entertaining than some of the ones we've had this season, but uh, not the best either. But glad to have Canada back and long may it continue. Okay, well, let's talk about the, well, let's talk about the winner. Can't, we 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 got to kind of give him his due. Max Verstappen did what he needed to do, planted his uh, car on pole, and then went away and, and won the race too. Um, it was a pretty dominant display from the Red Bull driver. Uh, Coops, what 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 can you say about Max that we probably haven't already said before, or what we have said, or or you know before? I mean, what can you say? I mean, as much as anybody just who wants to dislike him. And he seems to have just as much hate as Hamilton does, as much love as he gets as well. Uh, I mean, the man 
it's you're getting close to the levels of Hamilton now. I know it's early on, and he's only won one championship. But I mean, it was a masterclass. Mm. He just doesn't have like if Vettel was sitting in front of Carlos Sainz, Vettel's going off, and Carlos Sainz is winning the race. Verstappen just did not. He didn't care. But mm. the, the Sainz was directly behind him. It was just like, ah, I'm just going to do my thing. You want to do what you want? That's fine. I'm just going to carry on. It didn't phase him. Uh, FP1 wasn't great. I think Perez had the measure of him in FP1. But since then, you know, he'd done nothing wrong. That that tricky qualifying that would catch him, most people out and, and did to a point. Mm. Didn't have any issue with it at all. Got into the race. It was his race. The only issue he had was Red Bull kind of mucked up one of the uh, the pit stops, came out behind Hamilton. They met, they thought they would get him out in front of Hamilton. He had his moment on the radio, but he dealt with it. I mean, that Mercedes was never going to keep the Red Bull behind it for much for, for the whole race. Mm. But you know, as close to a masterclass as you probably have, I would I would say. Yeah, it was a it's a pretty dominant performance for uh, the number one Red Bull driver. Is that controversial to say? Number one Red Bull driver, uh, Sophia. I mean, technically, he is number one at the moment because he is leading. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I would probably swap it around if it was uh, Paris uh, leading. But like Coop says, like it was literally masterclass as well. That race, he didn't put a foot wrong anywhere. Like it was just a head down good race for him good defending where it needed to be especially towards the end with Carlos kind of getting very close a few times mm. obviously when um Max was coming out of the pits with Hamilton got flashbacks to last season how close <laughs> it was uh, and yeah. how narrow it was but no it was just a good race for him and good points I guess if you are a Max or a Red Bull fan uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I'm neither but it's a good race <laughs> The, I mean, the thing is, we don't want as much as I, 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 I try and be as partisan as possible. What I don't want is the championship to open up, the, the gap to open up too great. Yeah. Um. So you know, it, as much as it's okay for Max Verstappen to to win win the races, I just don't want that gap. I want Charles Leclerc to be in contention so we can keep it interesting. I don't care who wins out of both of them, really. Um. As as I'm not necessarily a Red Bull slash. A Ferrari fan. Uh, I, I like them. I like both teams. Um, I mean, but- it is already though. It's it's forty five points the difference between him and Perez. So like, mm. if it was maybe another like if it was Charles or even George like mm. in second, it would be a lot better. But the fact that it's two Red Bulls, yeah, and Max has such a big lead coming into it, like the next couple of races coming into Hungary, like towards the break after Hungary as well. If he has a gap of at least fifty or more. Is probably his in the bag. Obviously, you have sprint races to kind of think about, but it could lead to maybe a Red Bull 1-2 kind of pulling ahead from everybody else, which will make it kind of boring this season. Mm. Yeah, well, we don't want to call it boring season because there's been plenty of uh, battles uh, down the grid. But uh, George, uh, Sergio Perez uh, obviously had the... The, the bit of bad luck this weekend uh, as opposed to his teammates. Uh, what can you say about Sergio Perez's weekend? Uh, it was a, it was a bad one for him for for both both mechanically wise and also his his performance. I mean, in qualifying, obviously, it was very difficult. It was wet conditions. It was tricky. I'm not saying it was easy for anybody because it's not. It's a very tricky track when it's um when it's wet as Canada. But end of the day, he ended up going off an unforced error into the wall, caused a red flag out in Q2. He was on the back foot because of that. 
And then through no fault of his own, his car retires during the race. And he was disastrous, really, to be honest with you, for him. Mm-hmm. It's a shame because he'd been in good form, obviously. He won in Monaco. He got second in, in Baku and in Spain as well. You know, he has been in very good form. And, yeah, to say that he would challenge Verstappen for the title, it, it was still a stretch. <laughs> but that's a 25-point swing that's gone. that's not gone his way. He was, I think off the top of my head, he was 21 points behind. Now he's 46. So mm. it goes from one race win to nearly two. And because of that, I mean, it's early days. I'm sure at some point last season, uh, I think Verstappen had a 50-odd lead, point lead over Hamilton after winning three in a row. I mean, obviously, what happened after that? I'm sure some people will point to being quite <laughs> controversial. But the fact remained that Hamilton closed that gap within a few races. So it can swing very fast. It's not over by any stretch. We're not even halfway through the season yet. But with how quick that Red Bull is and with how unreliable the Ferrari has been at times as well, it's it's kind of it's getting harder and harder to see anybody challenging him. We need some uh, serious unreliability from the Red Bull uh, to occur, really, I think. Uh, although, you know, nobody wishes that way, that people to win championships that way. But at the end of the day, we want, the, we want a close competition. Um, so do you think, do you think uh, Max is too far ahead now to kind of be caught at this point, George? Do you see that being, you know, Max's, this, this being Max's championship to lose? No. No, not yet. It's still too early. I mean, a lot can happen. I mean, who would have thought after the first race that they'd have this kind of lead Red Bull after they had a double retirement? Yeah. It's 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 a very healthy lead for sure, but Max Verstappen's not going to be laying off at all. He's going to be going 100% for the rest of the season. I mean, I'm just looking at his results this season. It's ridiculous. He's won five of the last six races. That's imperious <laughs> form. That is really imperious form. Ferrari need to get a win, and they need it yesterday. Yeah. But, you know... It's not over by any means. These these kind of leads can happen. I mean, it's, it's quite dramatic. It looks quite dramatic because of the points, but it's 25 points for a win. Plus, as I think Sophia mentioned earlier on as well, there are the sprint races too. So it, it can all close up again very, again, very fast. All, all Ferrari need is a big upgrade or just a bit of luck. You never know. And it, it can all change again. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the Ferrari team then. Uh, again, <laughs> A bit of a uh, bit of mixed luck for for the team. Carlos signs uh, obviously getting his podium, um, and then Charles Leclerc having the luck he did. Uh, Coops Ferrari and their luck. What can you say about their team? Well, it was uh, certainly a solid race for signs of their mm-hmm. second place. Never won a race in Formula One, so it was good for him to give it a go. It seemed reliable. Uh, Leclerc done reasonably well again Ferrari showed that they still like to cause issue mm-hmm. with these uh, slightly slower pit stop I think instead of it being 2.5 2.6 it was 5 point something Leclerc ended up behind a DRS train which he had to then fight through so he could have got himself up a lot further than he was but then you know you go back to the tra- tradition of Ferrari being you know able to steal victory yeah into or turn victory into defeat just by being Ferrari. But you know, this weekend <laughs> it was reasonably decent. They just, you know, Sainz just couldn't get the only chink in Sainz's armour there was he, the one chance he had, he made a mistake, mm. which meant he couldn't get it. He was close enough to do it and he made a mistake and he couldn't get past. Uh, was that Verstappen showing that he had a bit more talent than Sainz? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, that could be controversial. Well, I think it's safe to say that people probably do believe that. Yeah. So, but it was good for Saints to get second. He has had a bit of a miserable season. He's not quite on 
he's not as level as he would like to be with uh, Leclerc. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was good in that respect. But again, you know, if, if Ferrari want to be seen to be legitimate and they want us to take them seriously in this title fight, they need to up their game. They're still not 100%. Red Bull yeah. are there and doing it. And, you know, there's reliability. You know, Perez come out, that could happen to Verstappen in the next race and we're changing our conversation again. But it's, they're, they're not where they need to be and they need to hurry up because the, I mean, it's Leclerc third in the standards, Carol Perez a second. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was an 80-odd plus point. It was an 80-point plus swing. You know, we don't, like, come on, get it, get it together. Like, it's not good enough. And we were all raving at the start of the season, this is Ferrari's year. Nah, well, maybe not. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, might, it might be. It might just be. But, you know, with performance, as I say, I said, uh, obviously, Charles had the bad luck. He had the bad luck. It was, was, it was intended because they had to change the engines and whatnot. But he did get it up to fifth uh, in the end after the penalties from, uh, obviously, um, Alonso had a penalty, um, which obviously promoted Charles to fifth. So it's it's a great result really for him after starting, you know, at the rear of the uh, uh, the rear of the grid at the start of the race. Um, but Ferrari that... shouldn't have put him in damage limitation in the first place. That's mm. my point. Yeah, they've built a car that's too fragile. It shouldn't be on their fourth engine nine or nine ten races into a season when there's twenty two races. I mean, that's just not good mm. enough. That's not championship winning material. So unless Red Bull start to feel the effects of it in the next few races, Ferrari have already lost pace. Mm. Sophia, what what can you add about the Ferrari team? Carlos Sainz having obviously his you know second place podium uh, step and Charles making it from twentieth to to fifth after penalties. Yeah. Um, P nineteen because you I think oh, you started sorry. at yeah. the grid because he had a penalty and refused to go out on uh, qualifying. He was my driver of the day. Like the fact that he came about from P nineteen to P five did mm. some great overtaking. Obviously, DRS made a key factor into it, um, but he proved how well of a driver he is and how great he is for Ferrari. I think there's going to be another penalty for him down the line. Mm. by engine if the fact that he's already taking energy uh, penalties now only in race what eight seven there's going to be at least one more if not two and Mm. given how unreliable the ferrari engine is not just for ferrari but if you look at alpha as well alpha's had uh four retirements as well so like i think i think i saw a stat is like ferrari's had five retirements both alpha and the other ferrari um engine both have four each and then you have like McLaren, was it McLaren? Like non Mercedes engines, like down the below. Like Ferrari's been the most unreliable supplier mm. this entire season. So we're going to see a lot of them going to get penalties towards the end or even like mid season and everything. Um, Carlos, he did well. I think tire might have been the biggest thing with the last couple laps with Verstappen. It was just, he, it was just graining and just like he was trying. He had that one opportunity, like Coop said, and just kind of missed it. Mm. But it, it was a good race for Ferrari this time around, but they should have been a lot better to begin with. But I'm I'm hoping they'll be more better. Normally they've been quite good after the break as well, after uh, Hungary's, like the summer break. So we'll see maybe if they can kind of pull out some tricks um, out of their factory. Let's just read. I'm going to read a couple of uh, comments because we've got a good, good couple of uh, comments from uh, our team uh, over there uh, on Facebook. Uh, 
from J.I. himself. Uh, he agrees with Coops, which is great to hear. Um, Jason Thundercliff, he says, I'm a Red Bull fan, but I know Ferrari will sort this reliability issue out and come back in a couple of races, uh, but it won't be the next one, he says. Mm-hmm. Might, might, you might be right there, Jason. Thanks very much for tuning in and uh, commenting. We, we really appreciate you being there. Um, Cars will push two after Silverstone and make it a four-way battle. What do you think about that comment? Uh, George, do you think uh, you haven't you haven't spoken about Ferrari properly yourself? Uh, do you think that's the case? Do you think uh, that we're going to see Carlos pushing and then there'll be a, a four-way battle for that uh, championship? I hope so. I hope so, yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of Carlos Sainz. I've said for a while now, you know, before this season, he was the most consistent driver for a good two, three years at least. You know, he was in incredible form. He was, he was the smooth operator. And I think he definitely showed a lot of that in Canada this, this weekend. Um, I mean, he didn't win, obviously, but he pushed for Sapp and close. He raced really well. And I think if there wasn't a late safety car, he could he could have potentially won it. He could have held on. It wouldn't have been easy by any means, but he would have had a chance. He would have had track position. So... I'd love to see it. He definitely has the talent for it. He just needs the the confidence for it because he's had he's made some silly mistakes this season, which he's the absolute last guy you'd expect to do that. But I've said this a few times on Grid Talk. This this shows the difference between a driver who is a great driver in the midfield and then thrusting them into a championship battle. The pressure is enormous, and then when you drive Ferrari as well, it's tenfold. So he just needs to keep it going, keep the car on the track getting podiums, backing Charles Leclerc up, maybe even beating him on occasion. You know, that's what he needs to do. He just needs to get a run together. And the next few races, Silverstone, Austria, France, he could do it. He could do very well. But if he has a, if he has a problem at any of them, it's going to be a massive thing for him to come back. It's going to be so difficult. So it literally depends on the next few races, really. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let's move on to the kind of third place and fourth place uh, team. And I'm wearing their T-shirt today um, because, you know, I, I like most British kind of drivers, teams, and I've got that British bias there. So they have, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing this in dedication of Lewis Hamilton, which will annoy JR, I know, for a fact, uh, and <laughs> several other uh, fans. Uh, Coops is obviously modelling his uh, Aston Martin uh, Formula One T-shirt as well, so you more know bro- we're just more trying British to show. than a Mercedes Formula One team. I can assure you. <laughs> well, you say that it's German only, <laughs> German only in name by by all yeah all all things considered, uh, where it's manufactured and everything else. Anyway, we we digress. We digress. Let's talk about how well the Mercedes team did this weekend. Now, some people will say that it was kind of gifted to Lewis Hamilton. Uh, a little bit by George not qualifying on the correct tire uh, in the last Q uh, Q three session. That and may be the case, but there? it is exactly yeah exactly that. Coops, you know he he chose that tire. He had the opportunity to use the intermediate tire. He he chose to to, to kind of to gamble, and you know it didn't pay off this time. Um, we did see all the other sessions. George was faster, um, but in this session. This is the session uh, Q3 on the Saturday is the one that counts. And unfortunately, uh, the, the, the gamble didn't pay off, did it, Coops? No, the gamble did not pay off. He said, he, he, well, I think he was quite bullish about it. He's like, I'm not here just to, you know, sit about. I'm here to take chances. Well, you know, we could see the puddle in corner one. Mm. Uh, we could see that it wasn't going to be ready for uh, slicks. And there's uh, George Rushmore going, look at me. <laughs> You know, by the time he entered corner two, he was almost backwards into the barrier. So, good shout there, George. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
you know, okay, yeah, fair enough. You know, it, maybe there's a question mark about Mercedes in that respect. There, you know, there's, there's a young guy. He wants to kind of look at me. I'm going to be the like, like I'm going to outsmart the smart people. Maybe mm-hmm. the team should have been, maybe not. Like, like there's a puddle. You know, you're splashing through a puddle on slicks. Mm, pal, like uh, you know, <laughs> I just yeah, you know, okay, I'm, I. I struggled to say let's admire that because it wasn't a gamble. It was the wrong choice. Mm. You know, uh, I don't know. He, I think this, there were some people that were saying, is it, is it, obviously turn one was the only exception. It was, there was, there was a, a quite but, a clear puddle in turn one, but the yeah, rest of the it, track, there was definitely well, see, a dry line. The, the, that was the funny part because they said it's only turn one and then he went, well, actually, turn nine and then maybe turn 14. <laughs> you're like, okay, so you're now on a list of corners that are probably not suitable for slicks, so it's the wrong choice. Now, yeah. a lot of people are going to say, well, we have to gamble, but then I think part of that is because it's any opportunity to say something against Hamilton. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Hamilton made the right decision in qualifying, got the car where it could have been. Yes, they've locked into a podium, but Mercedes are looking into podiums because they're, they're not the third fastest car. So they're only mm. going to get podiums when the other uh, Red Bulls and Ferraris don't go where they're supposed to be. So that's the only way they're getting what they're getting this year. So, yeah, it was a good solid drive for Hamilton. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. He knows, you know, the concern is they were very, Mercedes are like, oh, it's great, we're on a podium, you know, it's good stuff. They're not done anything different. They just mm. locked into it this, again. This is like, like they've not added into the car. The car's still the third fastest car. They've still got the purpose and issues. So, he, you know. He didn't have such a bad back this weekend, which is a good thing. Um, well, yeah, I think a podium does help with that. <laughs> you uh, you kind of forget. It'll put the adrenaline to uh, to kind of make you jump out of the car. You know, and flinging Angela Cullen into the, into the water. To be fair, she did say <laughs> if you got a podium, she would jump in. But he kind of helped it. Uh, find it on social media. It's on social media somewhere for anybody that's watching or listening. Yeah, I mean, it's good for Hamilton to get up there. It's good to see him with a smile on his face. You know, anybody who doesn't like Hamilton or doesn't really care, he deserves to be at the front. Mm-hmm. We know this is him coming to the twilight years. We want to see Hamilton come out with a bit of a funness about him rather than going out in a whimper and pissed off, basically, because his car isn't as good as it should be. You know, so you know, Mercedes have still got a lot of work to do. This isn't he isn't going to be up at the front in Silverstone. You know, the car is not they haven't they did, Yeah. You know, the car had they, they didn't come up with an upgrade, they got them to third. They got to third because of circumstance. Mm. So, you know, if circumstances happen, now there's me saying this now, and in two weeks' time he wins it because people <laughs> crash out. Like, well, you know, uh but yeah. Mercedes still have a lot of work to do. They shouldn't be where they are. Uh, they should be up at the front. They should be fighting for wins. It should have been. It should be a three-way battle. They need to figure it out and they need to do something about it. But it was good for what it was. Sophia, uh, George, Georgia boy came from eighth to fourth. Lewis Hamilton went from fourth to third. Uh, what can you can you add anything to to Coops's very in-depth answer for Mercedes? Yes, uh, <laughs> I. I don't think it was a gamble. I do think it was a big, well, yeah, it was a gamble, but like, I feel like it could have worked a lot better had it not been, because Alonso went into the puddle into turn one before George and completely like splashed it out. So that made mm. 
the more dry line, well, the drier line, a lot more wet. So obviously that's kind of where he went off. Um, people are saying it's a conspiracy theory. That's the only reason why Lewis would get above George was because <laughs> George spun out like wrong strategy or like the amount of conspiracy theories about that. But I I mean, George missed the consistency, still keeping it in the top five as well. The fact that he started yeah. P8 and finished in uh, P4. I I don't like Hamilton this year. No. The reason why is because he won 80s a lot, and I don't really like that from a driver. So if you look at how he was in free practice, this car is undrivable. This car is like... It's just not good. And then come qualifying, he just completely switched. It was like bouncing off the wall is all giddy. I don't like that because like, how can you go from so a low place, negative place, being potentially disrespectful to your team to then be like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is great. Like I just, there's no middle ground with him this season so far. And I don't really appreciate that. I don't think he said the car was great though, because of it though. I think he understood that it was very much the fact that he looked into it. He said after interviews, like how happy he was, how like ecstatic he was for this. Like, I I just don't. Probably happy because he didn't think it was going to be a possibility. Maybe. No, maybe, but I, I don't know. Like for him to like shot down saying the car is undrivable and then to kind of like be very, very positive and like, it just felt a little bit fake to for me from what I've seen in clips. I've not, I've seen a few of it live, but then obviously I've seen through social media and obviously things get clipped around, but it just, it didn't feel genuine. And I I just feel like from one day, like from a couple hours, it just completely switched. And I I wasn't a fan of that. Um, But I mean, he's all right. He's, he's getting points. He's doing well for Mercedes as a constructors. Like they're doing well for constructors, but I, I just can't get past that that kind of 180 kind of conversations that he's been having out of the car. I, I, I'm sure there's people in comment sections oh, everywhere. Oh, everyone's going to hate me. Ag- no, agree- oh. agreeing with you because uh, oh. because they're they're anti Hamilton people, <laughs> um, and then there'll be other people defending Hamilton as well, which is it, fair fair enough. Everyone's entitled to their opinion uh, as long as we're respectful of our, of our opinions. Coops, he's you wanted good, to but... you wanted to comment. What what did you want to say? Yes. What I will say uh, in response to what Sophia said, now, Hamilton is very much, uh, I mean, I've followed Formula One, as most people know, since the early 90s. Uh, So I've followed Formula One since he appeared. Hamilton is very emotional in the car, and a lot of his radio is very emotional. I mean, it's always emotion. And I think uh, I was listening to another podcast, and I had uh, Mark Priestley, Friend of the podcast, been on before. Mm-hmm. Go search their, uh, go search their, the the back uh, the back catalog, uh, and <laughs> he he actually has said that Hamilton is the type of driver there when he was the engineer that outside things can influence Hamilton as much as anything else. So when he was trying to deal with the Nicole Sear singer because they were dating at the time, that wasn't really working out. So that affected his, how he drove the car. Uh, so. Hearing what you hear from Hamilton, that's not a diff. That's Hamilton. He will be emotional. He, he always has been. Is basically what I'm trying to say in kind of response to that. He's always been that. He's always reacted in a certain way. Maybe we're seeing it a bit more from Verstappen, like in the early races. I can't remember which one, but he was 
he was pitching a lot in that and he was getting really huffy and I think we brought it up in the podcast like God read that in a bit but you mm. know that's different for Max because we, we aren't used to that Hamilton's always done this he's always been like that on the radio and now also the other thing as well what we hear is edited what we yeah. hear is what they want us to hear because exactly. it sounds good and it's a good thing but it's not a, it's not a big change and it doesn't take much to cheer up a driver as you probably see some weeks and it's a very small operating window with that uh, Mercedes so they found a wee something oh yeah great and it'll be better it'll certainly be track specific for that car I think oh yeah yeah it's Definitely. wind specific I mean it's a slight bolt that goes a certain direction specific <laughs> I think with that thing to be fair <laughs> Yeah, I just uh, I just don't like how they're portraying it. Like it just seems in like disingenuine this season. Like but that that's the, the biggest thing. And another thing you gotta you gotta remember that it, it it's Lewis Hamilton. Let's they're gonna give him as much airtime as possible. Whereas if there's you know let's say I don't know let's say Guan Yu Zhou uh, or Zhou Guan Yu <laughs> sorry uh, complaining on the radio, they'll maybe play one out of. 20 yeah. of his radio edits just just to give us a kind of thing you know mick schumacher says something you probably won't hear it yeah lewis hamilton is this seven-time world champion he says yeah. something people are going to listen people are going to want to either so they can hate on it or so they can praise it or you know depending on what side of the argument they're on they, they will, yeah. they'll play his because it'll get the attention george you had a little nod i'm going to go to you do you kind of agree with what i'm saying there yeah, I do, mate. I mean, it's yeah, I I get it. It's emotional. He he's an emotional guy. He you know he wears, wears his heart on his sleeve. He's you know he doesn't pull any punches when it comes to this kind of stuff. And when when you're in the moment, when you're in a car, when you're doing you know 200 miles an hour or whatever he is round, round circuits, you know the, if the tires are a bit off or the bounce is a bit off, it's going to seem like oh oh no the, the car's terrible. It's not working right. You know that's that's the that's the kind of guy he is and. You know, if you get him out of the car when he's all calmed down and everything, then it's a different story. And plus, on top of that, as we all know, the media likes to spin things and only, te- you know, shows certain parts of it. Because at the end of the day, whether we like it or not, Formula One is entertainment for a lot of people. It's it's far beyond what a sport is for most people who watch it. Mm. They just they just want to hear the highlights and they just want to hear what's entertaining to them. They want to hear the sensational stuff. So Hamilton saying those sort of things, it's always going to, it's always going to get through because of course he's so big, you know, he's a seven time world champion. People don't even know Formula One, know Lewis Hamilton. They know what he's about. And when he says something like that, it's very dramatic. I mean, I can't, I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was some, there was something in Spain where, I don't know if it was just Sky editing the highlights in a certain way, but they cut off half the conversation and it made it sound like Hamilton was saying, saying um, something disrespectful about one of the other drivers, but they cut off the, the first half of his message and it wasn't anything like that. It, Yeah. So they, they got previous when it comes to this through Formula One. Uh, but yeah, I, I do get it how he can rub people up the wrong way sometimes, but end of the day, what we love is passion and he's got it by the bucket load. Of course. I mean, they, speaking of editing messages, they've done, they done that to Ricardo at Monaco, but it sounded like the engineer was like, is the car okay? You know, and they're like, and then, then the transcript had to come on, you know, and it was like, yeah, okay, I was because everyone's going, oh, so McLaren really don't care about Ricardo. And then the full <laughs> thing came on, and it was like, right, okay, we get, we get what you're saying. So yeah, as George says, you know, the editing makes a big deal, and as everybody knows, especially you know Sophia and the rest of the guys that everything left on, we put a point, we put any post up that involves Hamilton. We're all talking about right. So which one of us are policing that threat? It's just, it's just oh. him. 
Yeah. We can put his face up in a black background and we're gonna get twenty po- we're gonna get twenty posts that we're gonna have to delete. You know, it's this and and there's a reason for that. He's a seven time world champion. And if we know that we're getting reactions, whether they're negative or positive about Hamilton, you're you can bet your bottom dollar at Formula One know that. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. Um let's move on because we could talk about <laughs> Obviously, this is a, a subject that we could talk about all night, but we can't be here all night. Sadly, uh, people have got beds to go to, uh, jobs to work in the morning. Uh, so let's move on to the next team that I want to talk about, and that's Alpine. Now, the two-time world champion, uh, Alonso, performed amazingly in qualifying. He, obviously, those changeable conditions were absolutely spot on for him on the Saturday. Um, and Esteban Ocon had a, a decent race day as well. So, you know, they're, they're performing quite well in that mid-tier uh, portion of the uh, of the grid. Uh, would you agree, George? Let's let's talk about Alpine with you. Yeah, yeah, they, they really are. They're doing very well. Uh, as a McLaren fan, they are doing annoyingly well right now. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, they're, put, they're putting my team under some serious pressure, but obviously McLaren are doing that to themselves as well, to be honest with you, how they're mm-hmm. But back to Alpine. Yeah, I mean, they, they were one of the teams that I thought that this year they could have been dark horses. I've said this for a good few years, to be honest with you, about Renault and Alpine. But mm. this year they do seem to they do seem to have some serious pace in that car in certain conditions, um, colder conditions like we like we saw in, in the rain on, on Saturday and also Saudi Arabia, I think they did really well this year too when it was a bit cooler. So, mm. yeah, they, um, they've got some serious pace in that car and in the hands of Alonso, they've always got potential. And I said this on Grid Talk as well, I, 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 I don't know how Esteban Ocon keeps ghosting into these great results. The guy finished sixth this weekend and I, I barely even noticed him apart from when he was holding up Charles Leclerc. That was about it, <laughs> you know, but he, he, you know, he does it. He gets good results. Um, Alonso, I saw his defending that got him a penalty in on the last lap. I have to say it's a little bit harsh, I'll be honest, but I can see why they did it. Um, so that unfortunately hit him quite hard. But yeah, th- there's there's some real pace in that car and uh, Alonso seems to get in his form together too. So yeah, they, they've got they've got potential to be best of the rest in fourth this season. Yes, they have, absolutely. Uh, it's, a, it's kind of a strong, kind of slow... Uh, progression that they're making towards the the kind of fourth best team uh, in um, on the grid. Uh, they could quite easily overtake Mercedes if Mercedes don't get on top of their you know porpoising issue. Okay, let's move on then to the team that we all support or a lot of us support on the podcast, and that is McLaren. Do, do, do we have to? Oh, no. do, do we have to? Yeah, we have to. We have to mention them because it, it's painful uh, and you've I, mentioned the, them. Move on. The, the, <laughs> the, the Ferrari, the Ferrari fans that watch that. See us relishing each week in the the pain and misery that they that they uh, you know achieve or get, get every single race weekend. Uh, they'll they'll want to hear what we what we think about the McLaren team. Sophia McLaren, oh. what can you say about the two McLaren drivers? Oh, <laughs> I mean to be fair, there wasn't that much like coverage of them. Mm. You had obviously the main one was the botch pit, uh, double pit stop. Ugh. because Alonso uh, wow Ricardo's pit was like 3.2 seconds and then um, that held up Norris there was not even a tire for Norris in the front to begin with when he was coming in mm. that was probably the worst one and then obviously with Norris with the PU um, issue in qualifying putting him back as well I think he might take a penalty soon or we'll have more changes coming into Silverstone mm. but like other than the pit and 
Daniel being held back a few times by DRS and kind of been that like four person train for uh, 10 plays. That's it. There just wasn't any kind of coverage or conversations about them um, from what I can remember of the race, but it just wasn't the greatest for a McLaren fan. And oh, I, it, my heart breaks. Like obviously Daniel got points. He did better than Norris is what I said on the last podcast with you guys as well was we needed something better after Monaco and all that. And Baku, we got that from Ricardo. Now we want to kind of see that keep on going. We want to have him get points and be close to the points consistently consistently now. And mm. hopefully that'll be the case. Yeah, but he didn't get a point in this race, did he? Daniel Ricciardo came, know, but he came so 11th. Came so 11th. Close. Lando Norris came 15th. So the, the, I think the, the headline really is zero points for McLaren. A terrible, terrible weekend for them in the constructors, which is probably all they're competing for uh, this year, uh, for money for the team for next year and, you know, uh, and whatnot. It went down to the pit stop. It was literally Ricardo's pit stop that completely screwed him over. Had mm. it been like 0.5 second off or whatever, the 2.8 how normally they normally do it he would have probably surpassed Stroll which also that's very surprising to see Stroll there so (laughs) I completely forgot about that but yeah McLaren just needs to get better and hopefully maybe Silverstone might be the kick that they need let's hope so uh I think we should move on because there's not really too much to talk about actually with McLaren we can't we can't really dwell on it We, we want them to do better um, Alpine currently are, are probably their biggest comp- uh, competition um, and they need to sort it out, especially for a home race uh, coming into Silverstone next uh, in, well, in a week and a half's time. Um, let's talk about, actually, oh, I want to get the list up because I, I don't want to go too completely off kilter. Uh, let's talk about now Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo did brilliantly, uh, really. Um, Joe Guanyu and Valtteri Bottas coming seventh and eighth Let's go to George. Let's go to George. What were your thoughts on Alfa Romeo? Very good this weekend, like you said. I mean, double points finished, solid points. Um, Joe Granu doing very well. He got eight. Uh, Valtteri Bottas up in seventh. He was obviously challenging Alonso in the closing stages. If it wasn't for Alonso uh, backing um, uh, Esteban Ocon up, they probably would have got sixth and seventh. Their car looks really quick. It has looked really quick at times during this season, particularly in qualifying. Um, but reliability and the odd mistake for Valtteri Bottas has, uh, you know, he's hurt them at times. But still, that being said, on form right now, you know, they could definitely be challenging McLaren and um, and, and Alpine for the rest of the season for fourth place. And with, with how bad they were, I mean, people keep talking about has improving this year, but Alfa may have improved so much compared to last year. They were they were nowhere last year, and now <laughs> this year they're genuinely challenging for best of the rest. It's been a huge upturn in form, and if Ferrari can sort the power unit out in terms of reliability, there's no reason why they can't do it. Absolutely. Well, and and we'd we'd all be happy to see that as well. To be fair, um, it, it's about time they had a bit of luck, a bit of consistency. Um, it's been quite a while since we've seen, you know, well. Salva uh, and Alpha, slash Alfa Romeo uh, where they are currently this season. So you know more more power to them, and we'll, let's see them do a bit more, be a bit more competitive like that for the rest of the season. It'd be great to see. And also, I want to speak about Haas as well. Coops, tell us about Haas. Heartbreak. It was a heartbreak. I mean, Mick Schumacher was up there. He was doing well. He was driving well, and then the power unit went. Nah, I'm not doing that anymore. And uh, that was that. Uh, I don't know what Mick Schumacher needs to do uh, to get a point. 
in Formula One. Probably try and find a bit more talent as well as make the <laughs> car doesn't blow up. But but they uh, did well in qualifying. They did well. They both did well in qualifying in that in that changeable conditions. The Haas car's good. You know that is a good car. They had all of last two years to build the thing, so it's got to be decent. Uh, you know, so you know, I think that Achilles here was Ferrari's power unit because that's another Ferrari power unit that went off. Now, I will say that that has never been an official announcement to say definitely as a power unit thing, but going by the what happened and how it happened, it looks like some sort of power unit issue. Uh, just the, the dash or the steering wheel just turned off and things just went, which generally means it's something to do with a power unit, whether it be a hydraulic and electronic thing. Uh, but yeah, Mick was doing all right. Magnussen, uh, not happy because he thinks that Ocon uh, talked the stewards into getting him into the pits to change his front wing. Because uh, if he's don't, if he's friendly uh, uh, to refresh their memory, he yeah, had a yeah. wee bit of a, a run in with Hamilton. The wee one of the wing flaps was loose and flapping about. Uh, and after a few laps, the black and orange flag was pulled out, uh, which we haven't seen for years. And then we see it in two races. So. You know, because, you know, the, the gaffer tape was out at the last race at Baku and then this time out, it was the front wing. Now, it would have been funny if the gaffer tape got flung out for that. Now, that would have been that would have been a good laugh. <laughs> but, yeah, Magnussen's race was pretty much done from then. He'd he done all right. Uh, Mick Schumacher again, like, there's not what we can say about him. He just needs to keep doing what he's doing, uh, not destroy a car that he's done in Monaco in uh, Saudi Arabia. And, you know, you get there, you know, they've got a decent car, it'll happen. There is talk that he might get replaced next year. I do you know what? He's one of those drivers where I'm not surprised if he stays next year and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets canned because he's not performing to the way he should begin before. What would it, the expectation isn't the expectation is not meeting what he's shown. I think the the conversation about whether he's got the same talent as his as his dad, uh, that's pretty much done. He doesn't. Uh he's he's okay. He, you know, he's competent. Uh, he certainly could drive a car better than me. Uh, so, you know, uh, yeah. I don't know who would come in next year. You know, Robert Schwarzman, maybe, if the Ferrari talks there. You know, there's a few F2 drivers that could do it. Oscar Piastri is probably going to be at Williams. So there's, you know, you know, a couple of F2 drivers that probably wouldn't be near Formula One. And we'll be discussing that shortly for reasons <laughs> that have just happened. Uh, but, you know... It was it was better, uh, and it, for once Mick didn't take some kind of decent race because of his mistake. It was something outside of his, I and mean, you know you got to feel a wee bit sorry for it. But yeah, he kind of still needs to buck up his ideas and show there's the reason why he's in one of those seats. Sophia, have you got anything to add about uh, Mick Schumacher or K, K- Mag uh, and their performance over the weekend? My heart breaks, but uh, Kevin, like, had he not stayed out for like an extra one or two laps, the timing would have been perfect because the virtual safety car came out like literally the lap after he came in. Mm. So as soon as that happened, we knew it was kind of done for uh, Kevin. And then again, Mick, obviously this race wasn't, it's not his fault that he didn't get any points. I agree with Coops. I actually do think he will be gone by the end of the season if he doesn't score anything. Because if you look at how well Yuki is when, Obviously, they both started at the same time, rookie year. And then if you look at Joe Guan Yu as well and how well he's performing, mm. you would expect him 
that make to be very similar to those two drivers. And the fact that this is the second season without any F1 points, that's concerning, even with how... And I think compare, comparing both Kevin and Mick is really bad because obviously it's different years of experience. But like because Kevin's been doing well for a Haas, it's also put more pressure on Mick and more of a spotlight on Mick showing how well he hasn't performed. Mm. And then also cost cap as well. Like it's just going to be too much. So I can see him leaving at the end of the season. I'd rather not. I'd rather see him stay for one more season, but we need to see also new talent come in. Um, I've been quite strongly for Felipe Drogovic this season now in F2 Mm. leading the champion. He's unaffiliated. Like if he wins and doesn't get an F1 seat, he is the third F2 driver in four years who has not gotten an F1 seat. That's sad. And yeah. as a, it makes a mockery of the whole system. Exactly. It's, it's all- so it, it, I see it both ways, but I, he just needs to get points and he's had opportunities. It's just been silly mistakes and and unreliability uh, as well. Things beyond his control, also, you know. It's not as often as his own mistakes, though. No, that's true. That is true. Um, okay, uh, we don't need to go through every single team and every single driver. Um, what I would like to comment on is the uh, Canadian drivers because it was their Can- the Canadian home race. Uh, and can we have a competition to see where <laughs> Latifi was finished? Please, <laughs> do you think anyone will guess? <laughs> so it wasn't last though. <laughs> well, uh, it was more or less last. It was sixteenth. He was 16th. Mr. Consistent in 16th. <laughs> um, always in the top 16. Always in the top 16 at 16th, uh, unless he DNFs. And Lance Stroll, he earned himself a point, which he did work hard for uh, at his home race. Um, I just wanted Something to mention Something weird was going on with that Aston Martin. It looked amazing. You know, Vettel was up in the top five. I think he was up in third in one of the practice sessions. Mm-hmm. Hit qualified and you were like, what position I think he had or or he had engine issues or brake issues. I think that's why it kind of put him out of qualifying. But yeah, finished. I think, I think Vettel came out and said from FP3 to qualifying, it was a different car. They had no grip and they couldn't understand why. They didn't change anything. They just came out and it was like, this is a different car. I think it highlights exactly how complicated these cars are. Uh, but it, it was shaping up to be a race that Aston Martin sorely need in Formula One. They need to show why they're there. They need to show uh, uh, Mr. Stroll, uh, Lawrence Stroll, why he's putting the money in and it ended up they were out in Q1 again. Uh, you know, it's clear that they made a mistake when they developed the car to start off at the start of the season. They've kind of got them, they've changed it a wee bit, uh, tried to fix some things. Uh, oh, it's, the, it's the green Red Bull now, isn't it? That's that's dark the away. See this whole green Red Bull, pink, <laughs> you know what was it? The pink Mercedes. It's a lot of rubbish. You know, it, like Aston Martin or Force India don't or didn't have Mercedes people in the car in the garage. Sorry. So they yes they copied things and it looked the same, but it was developed differently. So it's not the same thing. They didn't they didn't build it. It's the same whole situation with Red Bull. This whole idea that it's a Red Bull car. It's not a Red Bull car. It looks similar to a Red Bull car. Plus, do you know how much lead time a Formula 1 team needs to have to put that on a car? They're not going to look at that Red Bull 
three or four weeks before or a month before and bowled half of it to put it on a car three weeks later. Doesn't work like that. So, mm. you know, it's fun. It's a good laugh, but it's not. Because see if it was as good as Red Bull or it's a copy, why were they going out in Q1? Most of the reasons. So, but anyway, it was, it was a shame because the Aston Martin looked decent in FP1, 2, 3, and then in qualifying, didn't work. Uh, and poor Vettel, who's like the daddy of Formula One, everybody's favourite pal, uh, mm. uh, just uh, again isn't doing what he wants. But you know, uh, we'll get there, I'm sure. I got a interesting stat as well. So Lance Stroll has started the grid in P18 three times, I believe, and every time he has been in P18, he's gotten points in Montreal. So it was wow. quite an interesting stat I found. Um, coming into yes. this race, which is very weird. But, I mean, it's his home race. I guess that's his good luck charm of it, maybe. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, quite interesting um, to see, given that he doesn't do well in other races. Well, do think, do doesn't think, get points. Do you think he knew about that stat, so he wasn't that fussed when he finished it? He's just like, yeah, I know. I know, getting the points, you know. <laughs> you know so I'll be fine, 18th it's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Third time's a charm. <laughs> Okay, well, that's our, our chat about the the Canadian Grand Prix. I think we've we've spoken of most people of interest. Um, I can't think of anyone um, that really had a standout race that we haven't spoken about. Then let, let's move on to the Ooh, news because no. we've chatted about the Canadian Grand Prix. Uh, <laughs> no pressure, guys. <laughs> this is really fresh, actually, uh, and Red Bull have released a statement very, very recently, as in like an hour before we started this podcast. Um, but Yuri Vips, uh, the F2 driver um, and Red Bull hopeful, the person that's actually driven a, a Red Bull car um, this year in a pra- free practice session, uh, has made a boo-boo, uh, more than a boo-boo. Uh, I, I don't really want to say what he's what he's done, but he's, he's used a racial slur, the the biggest racial slur that you should never use. Uh, and but I, by me inferring that, I think everyone should understand which one it is. Um, on a Twitch stream um, that he did last night, uh, obviously this has caused a massive uproar, uh, rightfully so, um, and very probably put his career in jeopardy, uh, certainly with the Red Bull team. Um, as I say, they've suspended him uh, pending an investigation. And what is there really to investigate if the re- recording is there and he says and uses that term? That's a pretty much a slam dunk. Um, let's go to Coops. What can you say? Yes. Oh, well, I mean, what can you say? I mean, okay. I mean, is there any mitigation for these things these days? You know, mm. social media is everywhere. He's in a live stream. Now, what people say behind closed doors without things being on live streams is up to their business. If they want to use that language and nobody else is around to hear it, okay. He's a public figure. He's on a live stream. He said it. He should know better. And the word he used... Now, it's it's, it's not an easy... It's, it's, it's the word. <laughs> uh, you just don't... In any context, you don't... And, uh, it's... Uh, like, it, it, it's just, I don't know what to say. I mean, the guy, uh, he's put out a, a very PR style apology. He's been told to put out an apology. Now, do I think that, do I think he's racist? Probably not. I don't know much about him. I don't think he is. I haven't heard much. There hasn't been any rumours online to say that he is. Mm. However. But you are if you use that word, aren't you? 
Are you not? Is is that not automatic? If you no, well, if you if you're a person no, that no, uses you, that word, are you not? Are you not? That, yeah, yeah, we're going that. down kind of we're going down murky roads with that one. Mm. Now, do I do I think someone is is inherently racist because they use that particular word? Not really. Uh, I mean, do we think that young boy that was on the 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 carton podium that used the Nazi salute is he a Nazi? Probably not. He's a stupid wee boy that's made done something to have a laugh at, and it's got himself into trouble. Yuri Vips, I don't know. I wouldn't like to think he is, because in this day and age, people that are generally racist people, it comes out somewhere. Now, it could be that here. Might not be. I've seen the clip of it. It looked like he was just said a word and he didn't really think of the consequences, but he should have. I mean, they, uh, I think on our, our group chat while we were having the podcast, somebody mentioned that uh, Lando Norris streams all the time. Leclerc streams all the time. They don't get themselves into this kind of trouble. He should know better. That's the thing. He should know better. Now, do Red, what can Red Bull do to save his career? Not a lot. I mean, he's sitting just now. He's not like he's leading the championship, which, again, like before Andy jumps on it, shouldn't make any difference. Uh, he's, I think he's sitting seventh just now in the standings of Formula 2. Uh, you know, out with sacking him and telling him he's done, anything Red Bull do will be seen as defending someone who is racist. Whether he is racist or not, that's what it will be seen to be. It's a perception now. It's a PR thing. Red Bull will look after their brand before they look after Yuri Vips. Yuri Vips have put that, has given them that, it's given them that decision to make. And they're never going to protect him over the brand because Red Bull is a machine, as we all know. Uh, so he's a very stupid young man. If he still has a career by this time tomorrow, he's a very lucky man. Uh, and I think, is it Liam Lawson was also on the stream who laughed at the comment? It was his stream. It was Liam's stream. Is it is it guilty by association or will he just... Well, could, you could you, that, you he laughed could, at it. But he could, it could be a nervous laugh, you know, in these sorts of circumstances, these in this day and age. Well, I mean, at, I mean, at, at best... He's got a few difficult questions to answer from, you know, the head honchos. Is Liam Lawson tied to somebody? I can't remember now. Is Red, he Bull. Red, Red Bull also, Red yeah. Bull as well? well, there's going to be a few difficult meetings. There's going to be a few difficult conversations. You know, what you're laughing at that for? You should know better. Why did you say it in the first place? You know, generally speaking, uh, he hasn't came out and said anything. So, you know, read into that what you have to say. I mean, Red Bull, Red Bull have told you if have to get on that now. Or his agent or whoever's around him looking after him has told him you need to get something done. Uh, because it was his apology came out at almost the same time from what I saw of the Red Bull, like he's you know out the door. And as you say, what is there to investigate? It's there, it's all over social media. He also did make a comment about not wearing the colour pink because it's gay. I mean, come on, like what are we doing here? You know, this is this is the twenty first century, you know, this is this this day and age. And during during Racing Pride Month as well, these comments it's are, just are exactly not... exactly what uh, you know that the people that that, that uh, are you know members of Racing Pride are the ambassadors for Racing Pride. They said people use that term as a derogatory term all the time, and and it's through education that they're trying to kind of weed out that sort of language. And obviously, there are still people that are that find using the term as a derogatory term. I wasn't on the last podcast uh, when we had uh, Richard Morris on. Uh, who is the co-founder of Racing Pride. And, I mean, he talked about the general banter within the paddock, you know, that kind of uh, stop acting gay, or, you know, 
So whatever it is, you know, that kind of flippant use of that term yeah. is, the, the, is the systemic issue that they have. Now, he's a racer within a Red Bull during Pride Month. I'm not wearing the colour pink because it's gay. I mean, come on. Really? Are you, what? <laughs> She's like, uh, I... Are let's you strip it. What's let, wrong with you? Let's hear someone else's opinion on this. Uh, George, you're a guest on the show. What do, what do you think? Obviously, I know you've got very similar values to us as well. Uh, and on the grid talk, you've got a very diverse cast of people uh, in your in your crew, um, and we are part of that crew as well. So we're happy to be there uh, because we do hold the same values. What are your thoughts on this whole situation? Yeah, I mean, it's it's sad that this thing's happened. I mean, I can't I can't think of anything on this kind of scale in racing since um, probably Santino Ferrucci in Formula 3 a good six years ago or so. I mean, that, oh, that's yeah. a whole other can of worms. Yeah, so. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, go and look that one. That's disgusting. I couldn't believe that happened. I think the guy's still got a bit of a career as well, which is just terrible. Yeah, but, uh, but... I think he's an IndyCar just now, isn't he? Yeah, you know, the, the, of... fact, the, the fact he's in close to top tier racing mm-hmm. after all that. I, anyway, that's a whole other can of worms. But yeah, I mean, Yuri Vips, he's, you know, I've not seen the clip myself. Um, but I'll take your guys' word for it for what he said. If he if he's used the N words on a live stream, thousands of people watching, even if ninety nine percent of people on there don't take offense, one percent do. That's a lot of people, and you shouldn't go you shouldn't go saying things like that with with people around. At the end of the day, it's it's ridiculous. And and as well, what Coop said about the the pink shirt as well, not wearing because it's. Because it's gay or whatever. Like, come on, man! It's a colour for God's sake. <laughs> like, that is ridiculous. Mm. I mean, yeah, he's he's going to be suspended. He's just been suspended by a Red Bull. He's going to get sacked by a Red Bull. His career is going to be in ruins because he's not a pay driver. Red Bull was financing his um his junior career. I mean, I, I personally, a few years ago, I thought maybe he could have made it into Formula One, but ironically, this year quite a bit, he has blown it on track. Now he's blown it off track. He's going to be kicked out of F two probably. And who knows from that? Maybe maybe he'll become a streamer full time. He's going to have to modify his language if he does that because you can't have an audience and mm. use and use that those kind of terms with people. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. I can't believe. I, I I'm just gobsmacked that it came out before we started recording today. I really couldn't believe yeah. it. It's it's a really really sad state of affairs. And yeah, if if Liam Lawson, I mean, again, I haven't seen the clips. So I don't know, but if Liam Lawson gets dragged into it for laughing, um. I mean, I I personally think if someone, like, for example, if I'm hosting Grid Talk, and I'd, I'd never expect this to happen in a million years, but if someone did say something like that, yeah, I think I would probably nervously laugh. I'd be like, uh, what, did you, what did you say? Did you really yeah. mean that? Mm. You know, it's unbelievable yeah, yeah. that someone would say that. So I hope he doesn't get into too much trouble if he's not um, done anything wrong there. Yeah, but I think, this, I think with the, the clip, though, it didn't come across as particularly nervous. It came across like he laughed at it. And it's very uh, clear the word they used. It was very clear what he said. It wasn't a mumble yeah. or a stumble over words. It was very clear. And <laughs> you're like, oh, you know, I think there's a lot of people with a finger watching it through their fingers. Just like, oh, I can't believe you've just done that. Yeah. You know, and the fact that it came out so quick from when it happened to that to everything happening, it doesn't bode well. It really doesn't. I, I just don't get how somebody in that position has not, like, you should know the media trained even as down in carding like regardless of a red bull seat he's in a public position and as well younger generations on tiktok and streaming and obviously he's not a bad looking 
he's younger than me so I, I guess kid like you're gonna have younger people looking at him as well and it's just like how is that okay and like the comments people were defending him as well and like saying oh it's because he's estonian and that's how it is i'm like because obviously there is still issues in eastern european countries with racism and i just don't get it mm-hmm. but it's just not acceptable you can't no. there's no way to mitigate it there's no way to say it it's not acceptable the entry the, the only part now is what did red bull do now as, as Tiller's touched on at the start, there's an investigation. What is to investigate? It's pretty much due process. It's a phone call to lawyers. So what do we need to do to make sure we do this right? You know, that's it. Hmm. <laughs> it's there. They'll have a meeting and say, what was this? You know, they'll show him the clip, what's this all about? And he, they'll, they'll give him the opportunity to defend himself. And then they've probably made his decision. And again, it's not... It's about the brand now. It's about Red Bull. It's about everything that they stand for. And nothing happens from Yuri Vips and they accept the apology. Very similar situation to when uh, Nikita Mazepin, you know, the, the the video that came out with him about a week after he had, uh, you know, signed for Haas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that was a PR disaster from Haas. That took a long time for them to sort it out. And I think it's only just got sorted out because he's no longer with the team. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> you know. His, his home country had to invade another country for the fans to kind of step back and go, okay, you know, so, you know, that's quite up there, you know, in terms of forgiveness in that sort of sense. Uh, you know, so Red Bull being, and I mean, Haas is a very small fish in a big, a big pond, but when you've got the juggernaut that is Red Bull, sponsor a lot of things and do a lot of things within motorsport, a lot of things around the world. They have a lot of young fans. I mean, a lot of Dutch fans may, Max Verstappen being the reigning champion, let's not forget that part. Mm-hmm. Like, and two of their young uh, prodigies get caught up in this, which should know better. It's not a word that it's not a word that most people were comfortable saying. You know, I mean, I'm forty now, so back when I was younger, it's just not a word that people were comfortable saying back then. Mm. And it's certainly just not a word that's comfortable now. You know, come on, like. What are we doing? Why are people we having know, this discussion? People should know it's, this. Let's, it should be known. Um, okay, let's move on to uh, any other news. Uh, I think it's clear to say that we completely con- condemn what was said. Uh, we don't condone it in any usage. Uh, it should be eradicated from the, the dictionary as a word. Um, and absolutely any punishment that he gets probably he deserves uh, that, that comes from it. Um, but let's talk about the next bit of news that we want to chat to chat about, and that's South, South Africa um, will be on the calendar. Uh, as early as next year, uh, a Stefano, Stefano Domenicali was seen visiting uh, before Canada last week. Let's talk about that then. Um, uh, go to George. We've had we've had uh, Coops' opinion on it before, so let's go to George. Uh, are you Would you be looking forward to seeing uh, South Africa uh, Kiel Army on the uh, on the uh, calendar next year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you want a world championship, you got to go to every continent apart from Antarctica because that's realistic. You're not going to go for a fun <laughs> race there. <laughs> South Africa obviously is the only continent that doesn't have a race as, as it stands. So it'd be great to go back there. It's a great track. There's a lot mm. of Formula One fans in South Africa. Uh, it's been it's been remodeled and revamped since since, since the nineties of thirty years ago since we last went there. Um, so it'd be great to have it back. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd really like to see. It. I think, I don't think overtaking it'd be too easy there, but that can be said for a lot of circuits. There are definitely 
a lot of tracks um, <laughs> are worse than it. Uh, <laughs> when we, when we mentioned France before. I would love to see France get binned. I'm sick of that track. I mean, I'm someone who doesn't have the best of eyes and just staring at that thing for two hours. It's it honestly makes them bleed. It's terrible. <laughs> so let, let's go to the Rainbow Nation. Let's go back to Africa. Let's go back to Kyle Army. I'm really looking forward to it if that happens. Absolutely. Sophia, were you happy to hear the news that Kyle Army would be or will might be placed back on the calendar? Oh, 100%. Like the amount of fans that are down in South Africa and even other um, countries as well within Africa trying to get to Europe and North America and like other places is so difficult and so expensive because it's very limited in resources and mm. like accessibility as well. So having a race in that continent as well uh, and similar to George as well, if you want to be a world champion, you kind of need to race in every continent. I could see Antarctica maybe like put in like <laughs> ROC style race of champions on the ice. Could maybe do that. I feel like that would be absolutely wicked. Very unlikely, given <laughs> the cost, the technicalities, and all that. But racing on ice, well, it could do. The, the Red but, Bull team have put chains on the uh, on their yeah. Formula One car before. Well, that was quite a, quite an interesting uh, sight to see. So they'd certainly need something like that, wouldn't they? Could be possible, but no. I. It's a great <laughs> track. I think it's going to be a nice breath of fresh air as well because it's not been a track that we've seen so much of, and it just gives fans more opportunities as well in regardless of locations. Um, mm. I, I really hope that they, they will take a spot. Not sure who they would take, um, but I mean, all for the sport. Well, George is saying France, get rid of France. Who, who would you say get rid of, uh, Sophia? Oh, don't put me on the spot for that. You um, are on the spot. Dun, dun. The camera is on you. Because everyone's saying like Monaco should be taken up, but that's like never going to happen. Um, I don't, I honestly can't think. I mean, France, I don't mind France. I The track is all right. Um, maybe take off Barcelona. Barcelona. Maybe. I, I just feel like because it is quite boring. And yes, we use it for testing. But I mean, I don't know. That's the only track I, that first comes to my mind. Coops, who would you who would you eject? Which which track would you eject uh, for Kill Army to to take a space of? If that makes sense, is that English? Per, I was per, personally, it would be between well, France. Uh, from what I've heard, France is going next year anyway, so that's fine. Uh, uh, Monaco can't be asked for it. There's no point. If you want to watch a good Monaco race, watch Formula E when they're in Monaco mm. because their cars are small, they're nimble. It's as if Monaco is designed for Formula E. And from next season, the cars are getting smaller uh, and faster. Uh, so it's going to be cracking. Uh, in terms of Formula One, Monaco outgrew... Monaco, uh, Formula One outgrew Monaco in like the late 50s. Uh, it just stays there <laughs> for the sake of it being there. Mm. The, only re- the, only way that, the only reason why it stays is because it's never going to be done again because of the regulations. I think Monaco's kind of like forgotten about it. It's like, regulations? Just leave it. Uh, there is also talk that Monaco might be off at least for a minimum of one year because they're in contract negotiations just now. Monaco have the rights to doing the TV, doing a lot of other things that other tracks don't. Formula One are like, we want to do that. We want to take some alterations to the track. Monaco are saying, no, but we're not doing it. So there could be a bit of stubbornness between the two parties. So Formula One could be like, well, you're not, we're not using you next year. <laughs> Because uh, I think Monaco, I think the perception is that Monaco think well because we're the German crown they're never going to take us off. 
okay, yeah, there's a lot of countries and a lot of places that want to have a track. So, so yeah, I, I wouldn't care if Monaco's there when I have the Formula One game. Monaco, if I'm able to adjust the tracks that are on my season, Monaco gets taken off because I can't drive it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so Monaco or France, for me, rumour has it, if Kyle Lamy comes on, Spa's going. I know, I heard that, that rumour. That, that seems to be what it is. Spa doesn't have a contract. Mm. Uh, we need uh, Spa to get a contract. Come on, they've done the adjustments now. It's such a classic track. It doesn't matter. Like, if they don't have a contract, they don't have a contract. But I think the only thing is what COVID has done is it's realised that there's a lot of tracks that want to help out Formula One and a lot of tracks that have now realised that Formula One's now good. Uh, mm. We've got away from the Bernie Eccleston. If you want to have a Formula One race, you need to pay me 2,500 million quid. Uh, and all of your firstborn sons need to come with me and work in my factory. You know, we've got away from that now. You know, Liberty Media are a lot happier to have discussions about, you know, race fees and deals and stuff. Uh, so the kind of stay of execution for Spa would be that they would fall into a kind of pool of tracks that are used on an alternating basis. Uh, so we're not getting stuck in the same kind of tracks every year. So, you know, Spa might alternate with, you know, the French Grand Prix. So the French Grand Prix is used once every 10 years. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> things like that. Uh, but yeah, Kyle, I mean, needs to be on the, 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 uh, on the calendar. Uh, uh, the last time it was there was 93. Uh, so there's a lot of generation of Formula One, Formula One fans, sorry, that don't know Formula One in South Africa. And it's such a rich and, you know, such a great country to be in and to see that, you know, they've got a lot of very passionate Formula One fans and motorsport fans in general. So, you know, it needs to be there and let's hope it gets done. Now, I will caveat that before Tiller jumps in. There, is, there isn't a deal made yet. Stefano Domenicali was out there. There was discussions. I think the biggest stumbling block for Kailami is not the track. The track was upgraded and it looks pretty spot on. It's the infrastructure around the track that they need to deal with at the minute. Uh, but talks are progressing, could be a few weeks down the line. But there are, there are very positive signs, shall we say. Yeah, we should say that. Um, I don't think there's much other news apart from a couple of things to look out for uh, that might be dropping soon. And of course, this, these news articles, if they do drop, we will get them immediately up as soon as we as soon as we see them. Uh, we'll, you'll be the first to know uh, if you're following everything, everyone. Um, Oscar Piastri's set, uh, seat will be announced shortly. Fingers crossed. It will be somewhere on the grid. Probably Williams. That's what we all think. Um, and also something to look forward to next year on Drive to Survive. Um, Horner and Toto had an argument in front of the net, uh, in front of the Netflix crew this weekend while they were filming. So totally not scripted in any way, shape, or form, because <laughs> we know that Drive to Survive edit things exactly how we want to see them. But yeah, that, that, I mean, those are two things to look out for. Uh, Oscar Piastri, of course, and Netflix next year. But you've got a long time to wait for that one. Um, it's not really news that we can go into because we don't know what was it part. What was it? That, what that conversation or argument was about? Um, but they both like a bit of screen time, don't they? On Drive to Survive. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah, something to look forward to, I guess, for those fans that like Drive to Survive. Um, George, do you want to plug the Grid Talk and uh, your? Is it? Your, your, your own uh, media page that you use, sorry? 
Yeah, we'll do that very happily, Tiller. Thank you. So, yeah, I am one of the hosts of the Grid Talk podcast. I don't host it too much these days. You normally get Ruby or Tom Tom Horrocks or Louis or, or Wayne or someone like that to host most of the time. But we do uh, do podcasts for every single race. We do do previews, we do qualifying reviews, we do race reviews, and we also got a fireside series going as well where we interview interesting people and uh, talk about interesting topics to do with Formula One. So, yeah, you uh, can find it on all the usual streaming pl- uh, podcast streaming platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, Verbal, Omni Studio, Pocket Cast, all those good things. And, uh, and yeah, and uh, I also run a, a sports page called Sports Light. Uh, we cover all kinds of sports, uh, but we're currently rebranding to be a, a football-only website. So stay tuned with that. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been really, it's been good coming back after all this time. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. No, thank you very much for filling in that gap that we needed. Uh, as I say, we would gladly have you again in the future. It's always good to have you on. Uh, you know, and and you will find many of our um, podcast hosts uh, within the podcast within the Grid Talk. Uh, mm. show as well we, we we send a couple of our members over there quite often so yeah we we, we kind of like to share share and share alike and be be friendly caring uh, is caring absolutely exactly so <laughs> if, if you listen to us you'll probably like them too um but obviously we are everything f1 and you can find us on all our social platforms facebook twitter instagram and youtube and tiktok uh, and you can also find us on our website www.everythingf1.com and of course, this podcast as well, hit the subscribe button, the like button, share it with your friends to try and help us grow. Uh, and of course, give us a five-star review because you love us so much. We are Everything F1. I've been James Tiller. Uh, alongside me has been Coops and Sophia. Thank you, guys. Thanks for coming along. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you once again, George, for coming to speak to us as well and get share your opinions. My pleasure as always. We'll see you next week where we interview Sarah Moore and she gives us her opinions on what she's going to be up to uh, the following weekend in Silverstone. And we, of course, we preview the Silverstone Grand Prix. We are one that we're all really excited to to see because uh, we, you know, we are we have got a massive British bias and it's a pretty decent racetrack as well. And, um, and I'm going to be there. Yeah, Coops is going to be there, uh, you know, and there's going to be a couple of us in there as well. So that, that's, that's always good. Um, but we will speak to you about it all next week. So we look forward to seeing you. Thank you very much. Uh, and tune in next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See you later.